Um, let's go ahead and kick her off. So Michigan, uh, Michigan plays Maryland this past weekend. Um, just moments before that, they had seen the final score of the Ohio State-Michigan State game, which was a top-10 matchup. Obviously, Ohio State blows out Michigan State. And Michigan has a uh, what a lot of people thought was potentially a trap game or a look-ahead game, if you will. But Michigan ends up taking care of business at Maryland, 59-18. We, we know all the specifics. Kay McAmara, 21-28, 259, two touchdowns. J.J. adds a couple of touchdowns. Haskin adds a couple. 59 points are put up. Lots of scoring. Um, yeah, what was your initial reaction of Michigan taking care of business at Maryland? Well, I, I honestly didn't expect them to uh, to put up 59. Um, I thought it was, you know, going in, I thought it was going to be the, the run of the middle, try to get in and get out, and, you know, 30 points and, you know, 15 point or if we used to be 14 points a lot of defense type of time, type of game. But, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of refreshing to see uh, Donovan Edwards shine. Uh, he, he showed up pretty big in the, uh, in the receiving game, you know, 10, uh, 10 receptions for 170 and a touch. Uh, Kate McNamara, uh, he, he said as soon as he got pulled out of the game, he was thinking about Ohio State, but he goes in, he does his thing. Um, just, I think a pretty overall good performance. I mean, it's against Maryland, and, you know, they have not one of the most potent offenses in, the, in terms of passing in the country, but because their defense is not that great, they, uh, they've they been playing from behind all season. So, Tagovola's got, uh, you know, averaging, I think he's averaging like over 300 yards passing uh, because he's just being asked to do that every time. And, you know, holding them to 18 points on the road, uh in the beginning of the season, I thought maybe this was going to be one of those, you know, not iffy games, but something where they're going to have to, uh, you know, play into the fourth quarter. But overall, man, can't complain. And, uh, you know, Haskins, you know, does does business again. But uh, the Donovan Edwards show and uh, the kickoff return uh, trickeration there, um, was not expecting that at all. I, haven't seen, I can't even tell you the last time Michigan ever tried to attempt something like that. So, uh, that, I mean, that was cool to see. Yeah, I think uh, there, obviously there's a lot from this game. We'll talk about your likes, dislikes more of here in a second. But um, I thought it was an impressive performance to go in and put down 59 points in what a lot of people would consider a look-ahead game. Obviously, the biggest test uh, was still to come. I was impressed. Um, what did you like from from past Saturday? Uh, what I did like was how I just uh, kind of alluded to a second ago was Donovan Edwards got him some touches, uh, obviously, uh, you know, we're hoping Corum comes back healthy for Ohio state. We've been without Corum for the last few weeks and it's been pretty much the Haskins show. Uh, and you know, I've talked before since last year, we kind of like that bell cow running back. Haskins can be that. Uh, however, Donovan Edwards shows up and um, our, our special teams again. So I kind of already touched on them, but, but the, the kickoff return and Donovan Edwards uh, are what I coming away here liking. <clears throat> Um, yeah, I actually have down here, um, and this is, this is going to shock some of the regular listeners here. I actually liked what they did with JJ. Did I want to see JJ? No, but when they did use him, it was effective. Uh, JJ five of five for 58 yards and a touchdown. He also had two carries for 19 yards and a touchdown. I thought that was effective use of him. We've talked so many times. If you're going to use JJ McCarthy and not just play Kate throughout the whole game, it has to, has to, has to be effective. Um, obviously, we've seen it cost us the Michigan State game and in other areas where he just turned the ball over. So 
Um, I did like that. What was something you disliked? What I didn't like, and it's not even – it's probably uh, more on the stat line than it was in real game. And Michigan's defense gave up 181 on the ground, uh, about 4.1 a clip. And uh, Tay and Fleet Davis, 71 yards, Colby McDonald, 68. So uh, single-handedly, they didn't uh, put those up on – I mean, more of a, of a one-two tandem here. But uh, nothing glaring. I mean – I mean, Michigan's been pretty solid in the run D all season. They're, they rank uh, they rank 31st in the country, which isn't horrible. Uh, you obviously want to see that, you know, close down to the, the top 10. But uh, 181, kind of whatever with that, but uh, not horrible. Yeah. Um, my dislike, I actually had a couple of things. But the, the main thing is using things before the Ohio State game. I thought, and I don't want to say, like, we blew our wad or whatever, but you mentioned the kickoff play. Hopefully that was something they've seen in film specifically for Maryland. And that wasn't a trick play that they designed up that they thought would be a great time to use it when they were up big on the road against Maryland. Um, because a trick kickoff return could be that, that spark that you needed against uh, an Ohio state this coming week. And then obviously. Right. And, 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 and sorry, real quick. And that was that, that was when they were up 31 to 10 too. So that was kind of odd. That's what I'm saying. Like it wasn't needed in that spot unless it was something, again, you've seen on film specifically oriented towards Maryland. Then yeah, it's a good play. Obviously use it, get some more spark, you get some momentum heading into next week, which I believe Michigan did end up getting. And then the other thing I, I, again, this is a double-edged sword cause I loved it, but I hated it. The use of Donovan Edwards in this game it's like, again, blowing your load. Like, what what are you doing? This is something you could showcase next week, and, and Ohio State hasn't seen it all year. And all of a sudden, Donovan Edwards has a, a career day catching 10 passes for 170 and a touchdown. And it, it almost – it reminded me of how we blew our load with Andrew Anthony a couple weeks ago against Michigan State. It's like, where was this all year? And all of a sudden, these are just random plays. Hopefully, we have something like this lined up for Ohio State because it's going to be needed. But it's something that I – I disliked in the sense of why now? Why use it now? Why not wait for it? And then uh, more of, what did you want to see more of? Uh, how about a 1A and 1B? Blue pants, my guy. Blue pants. No, Dude, um, blue pants. Let's go. <laughs> no, but uh, what, what I've been kind of harping on Michigan for um, pretty much the Big Ten schedule has been uh, getting off on third and fourth downs. They had an issue with that uh, against Michigan State. Uh, three of 14 uh, against Maryland uh, on fourth on third down and 0 for 2 on fourth down. So that was something I wanted to see them improve on, especially with Ohio State. And just like with when Michigan plays Ohio State and Michigan State, in those type of games, when you got decent field position and you are uh, tasked with those third and shorts, or fourth and shorts, um, especially if you're on the other side of the 50. You're, it's very tempting to go for them uh, aggressively. And Michigan, you know, Maryland or not, they stepped up when they had to this game. And I feel like when we get into the Ohio State talk here, um, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, a lot of these situations where Michigan is going to have to rely on pressuring that uh, that pocket to get off the field. Yeah, for me, something I wanted to see more of. Now, mind you, I disliked it, but I actually loved it. Donovan Edwards in the receiving game, I thought was a complete X factor that I wasn't prepared to see. Um, 
I've kind of been really harsh against the freshmen, both JJ and Donovan this year, because they've turned it over in their spots. Both of them took complete advantage of their roles on Saturday and could almost be a good or bad thing that we'll probably end up seeing them in this Ohio state game. And hopefully they benefit from the, that time on the field and it's not negatively impacting the team. But I thought Donovan Edwards was huge. Um, he didn't have a ton of, a uh, ton of carries and a lot of rushing yards, I think, I mean, what do you even have here? Three for eight yards. But again, the 10 catches for 170 and 77 came on a big play. Um, I thought that was huge. Um, Andrew, before we uh, get into the Ohio State, Michigan State game, was there something you've seen from this game that, that um, I don't know, that you thought, okay, okay, Michigan may be bringing something next week? I mean, obviously the offense, I mean, you guys put up, what was it, 59 points? That's, you know, Typically, yeah. something you're going to have to do against an Ohio State, you know, to attempt to even keep up with you know, what we've seen their offense be this year. Um, you know, I think the thing that was negative for them, though, to touch on that, would be the run defense. You know, y'all kind of touched on it, you know, 180-some rushing yards. I wouldn't call Maryland, you know, a, a great rushing team by any means. You know, with OSU having a couple good backs there, that, you know, if you want to defend the pass and let them run – we can do that. So um, that was probably my two big takeaways from that game. Yeah. Well, let's get right into uh, Ohio State, Michigan State. This was the big one. This was on ABC. Uh, top 10 matchup, like I said. Uh, Ohio State coming in uh, at home, number four in the country against Michigan State, number seven in the country. And I feel like you were there for this game. You would be correct. I was. I was there live. Yeah, what was the – I know you went to game day. What was the environment like? Put uh, put us in the driver's seat knowing what it was like to be um, there for a top-10 matchup game day in Ohio Stadium for what was a massive matchup that weekend. Oh, it was sweet. You know, it was um, first time I'd been in the shoe in probably a decade and a half, so it was a, it was a cool experience. Got to share that with the wife. Um, seeing game day was awesome. You know, just seeing all the hype around that, you know, people that weren't even going to the game but just – wanted to, you know, create that environment, you know, represent the Buckeyes there. Um, it was an awesome atmosphere to be a part of, you know, loud, rowdy, just excited and confident. Um, and then obviously in the shoe, I mean, it was, you know, on your feet, yelling, screaming the entire time, which, you know, tends to happen if you're scoring every four minutes or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, it was a great environment, great experience. Uh, hope to continue doing that here in the future. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously everybody that's tuning into this pod is either a Michigan or Ohio State fan, I would assume, unless you have an outlier up uh, in there somewhere. But um, Ohio State obliterated Michigan State. There's no other way to say it. 56-7. to seven. Um, C.J. Stroud has an absolutely career-style day. Um, his numbers were 32 of 35 for the game, 432 yards, six touchdowns. All but, like, three of those passes were in the first half. So, Literally, these numbers that I'm reading to you are video game-like, and they all came in the first half. It's it's almost unreal to even say. And then, the, again, video-type numbers. Chris Olave, seven catches for 142 touchdowns. Garrett Wilson, seven for 126, two touchdowns. He had the big 77-yarder to break it open, 14 nothing. And then Smith and Jigba, uh, 10 catches for 105 and a touchdown. So, obviously, this is a, an attack that Michigan has not seen this year. Um what was your overall recap of the game before we go into what you liked, disliked, see more of? 
Um, you know, I try to be confident about my team, you know, especially with the Buckeyes. You know, we've we have the right to have that confidence, but I personally I tend to get a little nervous with big games like you know Michigan State or a Michigan just because you know a lot of real life season. Um, you know, I did not even remotely predict fifty six to seven for this game. If someone was by fourteen, I would have been pumped about that. Thought that's a solid win. Um. You know, we won the toss, or they won the toss. They deferred. We got the ball, and they pinned us deep. Weird kickoff, so I was a little concerned being pinned at, like, the 12-yard line. But we just methodically moved the ball. I mean, it was, you know, four yards, eight yards, ten yards here. Nothing nothing crazy. And it was, you know, what you'd expect from this offense. And then the defense, this, you know, they kind of allowed them to get some yardage, but they missed the field goal, so that was good or I think, I'm sorry, they punted their first drive. Um, and then, like you mentioned, the Garrett Wilson 77-yard bomb just opens that game wide open, 14 nothing with, you know, four minutes of possession. Um, you know, kind of started to get some feelings that, you know, this could get out of hand, and clearly it did, 21 nothing at the end of the first, 49 nothing at half. Um, I don't want to say I expected that from our offense, but I don't think you look at that and are shocked. I mean, everyone knew Michigan State had a, you know, pretty bad pass defense. Everyone knew what our offense was capable of. Um, so there's not a ton of shocks there. But the fact that our defense showed up only allowed them to cross the 50-yard line once in that first half, um, that's kind of a big stat I like to look at is, you know, are you keeping them in their territory? Are you forcing them to have, you know, short drives and punt? And other than that missed field goal on that second drive, our our defense did its job so um happy with the result it was cool to see you know obviously Stroud putting up video games numbers was really cool to see in person Alave getting the all-time receiving touchdowns record was sweet to see um but as a purchaser of tickets you know me and you kind of touched on this you're almost kind of disappointed you only get to see your first string for a half but I guess if you were to look at how the game went you just kind of take it yeah, so obviously you point out a lot of things that Ohio State did really well, and I, I mean, I expect that. What is what is there? If you had to pick one thing that you really liked, what would that be? For me, it was the defense. Um, like I said, the offense did what it's supposed to do, what it's done all year. Um, our defense just absolutely shutting down what was supposed to be a, you know, the top Heisman candidate coming into the week with Kenneth Walker, um, just literally shutting down their entire offense. They they could not move the ball, passing, running, you name it. Um, I think for the whole game, we don't, kind of going back to that whole crossing the 50-yard line, they crossed the 50-yard line three times. Um, for a top-10 matchup, I think you'd expect your offense to at least get into opposing territory more than that. So uh, the success of the defense was the big key for me. Um. I mean, this is going to be hard. You won the game 56-7 to over a top-10 opponent, but is there something you disliked? Um, if I had to be super nitpicky, I'd say our QB2 situation. Um, you know, in years past, we had, you know, Dwayne Haskins and behind uh, – excuse me um, – you had Cordell Jones. You've had uh, yeah, Dwayne Haskins that have come in reserve roles. Haskins backing up them as a freshman. You had Cardell behind JT, who was behind Braxton coming into the year. Um, 
So, you know, some of those big teams we've had, we've had a lot of QB depth. And I haven't loved what I've seen out of Kyle McCord or Jack Miller. And we haven't seen anything from Quinn Ewers. You know, it would have been nice to see him maybe throw a couple passes there at the end. But, you know, I, I guess yeah. I don't want to run up the score. But Yeah. Um, what is there something you want to see more of? I uh, kind of just touched on it. Uh, Quinn Ewers. Um, you know, there's a lot of rumors going around that he's going to transfer. You know, he was the number one recruit this year, left high school early to enroll. A lot of that was due to NIL, but nonetheless, he rolled, enrolled early and, you know, thought he had a chance to keep the job since the position was wide open with Fields leaving this last year. Um, I think a game like this where you're you're up 49 nothing at half and, you know, it's still that way at the end of the third, why not let him throw a few passes, see what he can do? Um, I think that would have been a good thing to see. Yeah. All right, guys. Enough recap. Let's get to the game. All right. First off, we got a little history hype. Um, let's 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 take it back here. I got a couple of games I wanted to highlight before we get into this one here. Two thousand six, often known as the game of the century. Ohio State number one, Michigan number two. Um, Ohio State wins that game 42-39. Uh, 2011, last time Michigan won this game, kind of a down year for Ohio State. It was the one year that it was not uh, Jim Trestle or Urban Meyer. And Michigan wins the game 40-34. to 2016 was the famous one. A lot of people talk about this game. It's still very uh, highly regarded as of today. It was the only double overtime game. I think it was the only overtime game, let alone double overtime game in the in the series history, Ohio State wins that game 30-27, to 27, even though JT was short. And then you have the revenge tour game in, in 2018, as Michigan like to call it. And they they come out and, and they lose that game 39-62. to 62. They allowed Ohio State to just kind of do whatever they wanted. Obviously, unfortunately, last year due to COVID, the, the, this, this game was canceled. So, which brings us to our matchup. Ohio State, number two, traveling to Ann Arbor to play Michigan, who is number five in the country. Obviously, we all know how we got there. You're fans of these teams. Um, there's a lot to go over here, but we're going to keep it simple just for the listeners, and we're going to give everybody kind of a chance to, to say what they want to say. And um, Andy, he was definitely short. Uh, you guys can feel free to <laughs> – Andy, or all you guys, feel free to uh, place your comments in here and your questions if you have on this game. We're going we're gonna to have time for questions here in a minute, so I don't want you guys to forget to do that. But keys to victory, I want to start with that, okay? Not predictions. I don't want you to give me predictions. I want you to give me keys to victory on how Michigan comes away with a W, on how Ohio State comes away with a W. Um, Dan, Michigan first. How does Michigan win this ball game? Okay, so my take, Michigan can win the game if um, we violate the pocket like we, we have all season. Ohio State hasn't faced um, an overall – solid uh, a defense like Michigan's all year and you can argue that Penn State's is pretty good but Michigan in terms of uh, the stats uh, PFF everything that you can uh, come up with Michigan's defense is just overall better than what they've faced so far so you got to keep Stroud uncomfortable there's been times where uh, Stroud has looked uncomfortable and uh, hasn't looked like himself um, I feel like if Michigan can get to what he looked like against Minnesota granted that was his first game I believe but if they get him to look like that that would help out him tremendously. Uh, squeezing the, the, the TOP clock. Uh, if Michigan can run the ball 
and play keep away and do what they're good at, pounding in the mouth, um, throw it when you have to. Um, and kind of like a, a bend but don't break uh, defense. Um, you know, now that we got rid of that, uh, that schmuck Don Brown, we, we kind of run more of a multiple. We can blitz, we can, we can pull back. And what Ohio State has kind of struggled with, uh, at least against Penn State and Nebraska, both teams with solid uh, pass rush, both those teams have solid pass rush, uh, they forced uh, Ohio State, both those games each, four field goals apiece. And if we can get Ohio State to to, to not be get comfortable within uh, that tight uh, area of uh, field and make them kick the field goals, and then we can get down and get the ball back and run the score, uh, that can help them out pretty well and limit the big plays. Ohio, Ohio State's got three number one wide receivers, and I'll digress a little bit. How the hell neither of those three receivers run the Blutnikoff final awards list is a travesty. Uh but if we can limit them uh, from getting such over the top uh, like they did against the Spartan Tards, uh, I think that'll help too. So those are pretty much my my three or four uh, uh, keys. Yeah, Andrew, how does Ohio State win this game? Um, for me, there's three I think big areas. Um, first one's protect Stroud. You know, like y'all said, that def- that Michigan defense is going to have to be aggressive and blitz to stop this offense. You try backing up coverage or, you know, giving space to safeties, then we'll just run, force you to blow up the box, and then pass. You know, you're going to have to make Stroud uncomfortable. Um, you know, in the games we've lost or been close, that's been the common denominator. He, he's he been uncomfortable. Um, so, number one, protect Stroud, you know, whether that's a tight end blocking, whether that's leaving a running back to block in the backfield, got to protect him. Uh, Number two, don't force the big plays. You know, obviously with a high-powered offense like this, it's, you know, it's fun to see those 70, 60, 80-yard touchdowns or whatever. Um, You know, Stroud, if you – I don't know how much you guys have watched him, but he tends to have a tendency to where he could easily run and pick up, you know, six or eight yards or even throw a check down, and instead he wants to force it to one of these stud receivers. Um, I think just taking what's in front of him, you know, running, sliding for those six to eight yards – if he can do that versus, you know, throwing a deep in completion, um, I think that would be a, a big key for us. And then thirdly is the defense. If our defense plays like it has the last couple weeks, um, you know, obviously you guys aren't the best offense in the nation, but by no means are you bad at offense, on offense. Um, but if this defense shows up, you know, front seven plays like it does, our young DBs, if they can hold their ground, um, I'm pretty confident that they'll be able to get the job done. Yeah, I've been pretty consistent on my uh, on my take on this game for for several weeks, and, and anytime somebody asks, um, and I've even had people listen to the pod and they pointed out like you make a good point, and I'll toot my own horn here. Michigan has won, and I've I've kind of made a mockery of this, but I'm being serious too. They've had a lot of ugly wins, what a lot of people would call ugly wins, and who's who's scribbling? Somebody is scribbling. <laughs> um, Michigan's had a lot of ugly wins. And, and truthfully, Ohio State hasn't. They've had one ugly game, you could say, and they lost it to Oregon. Okay? Michigan's pretty battle-tested. They've, they've won more games on the road this year than I would have predicted, what Yao would have predicted, um, what a lot of Michigan fans would have predicted. Having to go into Wisconsin and win that game, having to go into East Lansing, obviously you lose that game, but you played really tough and, and had the chance to win 
poor officiating, um, bad play calling down the stretch, and you kind of over, oversaw your the finish line there. But um, going into State College and getting a win there, there's so many different times where this team has done things that this this team doesn't do. This team is battle tested, and the first time that they're able to play an ugly game. If Ohio State hasn't faced that, maybe that's something they're not going to be used to, and maybe that's something Michigan's going to thrive off of. Second, I talked about these games a second ago, the 2016 game and the 2018 team. Those are the two teams that Jim Harbaugh had that seemed like they could go somewhere. 2016 was it was a very special team. It was Brady Hoax guys, but Harbaugh had kind of coached them up, and we had brought in – um, different different things and different systems. And, and Don Brown was there for the first year, and the team was really clicking. Game was in Columbus. Two overtimes, whether or not JT was short, who really gives a shit at this point? They come away with an L. 2018, things were really peaking. We had more NFL-style players on our defense. The defense is really moving. And everybody that we had struggled with in 2017 – um, mostly due to bad QB play that year, but everybody we had struggled to beat and lost to, we were on that revenge tour. We were we were capitalizing. We were beating all those teams, and you get down to Columbus, and oh wait, it's in Columbus again. L. This seems like that team that Harbaugh has that we talked about in 2016 and 2018, and finally we don't have to freaking go to Columbus. Now, a lot of you Ohio State people that are listening are probably like, well, Jeff, you had to go to Columbus last year, but you guys chickened out. Like, don't get me started on the whole COVID thing. I'm not, we're not going to go there. But this is the first time that I felt like Harbaugh has had a squad good enough to win the game, and it's at home. So I will say that. That's my second key. Third key. I've said it so many times, and I think people think I'm being like a child about it, but I'm being serious. This team is different. They do things that are different. The way they the way they practice, the way they talk to the media, the way Jim Harbaugh's been carrying himself, the way these players act on and off the field, the way they pick each other up when they're down, the way they've responded to adversity. This team is different than any Michigan team I've seen in a long, long time. And it's led by a less than talented quarterback, but he's got a strong head on his shoulders. He's tough as nails. I think this team can go in and really, really control the line of scrimmage and battle their way to an ugly W. Okay. With that said, Jamie, I did not steal your line. I've been calling this team different for a while now. <laughs> Don't even get there. Um. Questions. Anybody got questions in these pods? We're, we got uh, we got plenty of time for questions. Obviously, we have predictions still to come, but does anybody have questions? Let's see what I got here. Jeff, when Michigan is down 30 at halftime, do you turn your TV off? <laughs> oh, boy. We're going um, to be tailgates, so we got nowhere to run. Yeah, we got nowhere to run. <laughs> Truthfully, Kyle, if I was at home watching this game, I've, I've been there where this team is getting obliterated, and I don't turn it off for whatever reason. I almost like the additional pain. Uh, let's see some of the comments. So, uh, Anthony, please guard the crossing routes. Tired of getting beat across the middle by Ohio State. Yeah, that can get pretty old. I think you're probably referencing that 2018 game. Um, a lot of that had to do with – was it 2018 or 2019? I guess I'm, I'm, I don't really remember, but a lot of it had to do with them attacking a certain corner. And um, was, I mean, Ohio state's was, obviously gifted. Jeff, it was a lot of 18. 
Yeah, and that was the breakout Alave game, if I'm not yes. mistaken, correct? Yes. Yes. It was the breakout Alave game. We had not really seen much of him. Um, so, I mean, obviously that's just – I mean, it is what it is. I mean, sometimes players break on the scene in these games. Uh, Shane, Michigan has had to stop the quick throws. No slants or screens. So, yeah, obviously we were just talking about that too. We start, start giving up short throws. It'll get ugly. I think Ohio State has the potential to break any sort of play. Um, that just is what it is. I mean, they're more talented than a lot of teams that we're going to face in the Big Ten. So a lot of Michigan fans, they've been saying it all year, this isn't enough to beat Ohio State. Well, not anybody else is like Ohio State. So we just kind of have to take that one by one. Um, if there's no additional questions here, we can get into uh, some predictions here. I actually had a question for you and Yao. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So I know this has been a big question pretty much his entire tenure in Ann Arbor. Um, so before I – Oh, ask, I already know where you're going. I, I know, know you're going now. Let, let, me, let me give some data on this real quick. By the way, can you guys hear me okay? I mean, you're quieter than us, but I can hear you fine. Okay. I just saw there was a comment on it. Um, so to give you some data, since, since Harbaugh's arrival, he's 59-23 and 23 overall. Okay, to compare that to Ohio State, to find 23 losses, you have to go all the way back to 08. We're in 2021. He's 41-17 and 17 in the conference. To get that many conference losses for Ohio State, you have to go all the way back to 2004. He's 1-4 in bowl games. Um, Ohio State... To get four bowl game losses, you have to go back to 2012 to now. And then the big one, 0-0 zero and zero in Big Ten championship <coughs> games. No appearances there. So, with an ugly loss this week, is Harbaugh out? Jeff, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I will. I will go first here. Um, so... Start with the, the the first stat was what again? Do you have to go into the stat? But what was the stat on overall losses. Big Ten wins or overall wins? Overall, overall losses. Yep. Okay, don't care about that. What's the next one? Big Ten. Yeah, Big Ten. Um, he has he has struggled at times. There's there's two outliers that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to point out here. One of them was COVID. Um. It is what it is. What were they, two and four last year, two and six, whatever the heck they were. Um, the 2017 season, I, I don't think people realize what Harbaugh actually worked with here. Um, I think he had three different, maybe even four different quarterbacks that year. It was a terrible, terrible year. And, and this is when people started to really criticize him because there was no quarterback play. So you have 2015 where Jake Rudock comes in, and he's a, he's a, a senior transfer from Iowa. He played great, and I have – I've said this so many times. Anybody that knows me as a Michigan fan, I've said this. Jake Rudock needed one more year. If Jake Rudock is playing in 2016, we're a national. We're, we're playing for a national championship. I, I firmly believe that. I'll go to the grave with that. 2017, though, it was just it was really bad quarterback play, and there was a lot of problems there. And Wilton Spath ended up getting hurt, and it ended up being John O'Corn. And this is what's sad: is John O'Corn took Ohio State to the limits. He almost beat him. So. Going back to what you said, a lot of Big Ten losses. Yeah, what was there, 17 total? Yep, 17. And how many of those are to Ohio State? Five or six. Six, Five or six, right? 
So the, my point is, is a lot of times these stats are getting doubled up. So people will often say, well, Jim Harbaugh's 0-5 or 0-6 against Ohio State, right? And then they'll go immediately to he's also 0-9 he's against ranked ranked in the top five opponents. I'm like, well, well, shit, six of them were Ohio State. You know what I mean? So it doesn't – when you're doubling up these stats, in, well, he has 17 big, losses, big 10 losses. Well, a third of them were Ohio State. Like – He's doing things. He's doing things good, but it's. I feel like we're constantly comparing him to Ohio State. Regardless of that, I will get to the answer to your question here. Is Harbaugh out with an ugly loss? Uh, I don't think he is, but I, I, I'll be honest. I'll lose patience um, if it's another ugly loss. Yeah, I'll because at that point, and I was just talking to my father-in-law about this today. It's just like. I love Jim Harbaugh. I think he's actually a really great coach. He doesn't get enough credit for being a really great coach and a really great person. Um, and it, it's seriously like, obviously, as a fan of any school, um, when you listen to what these kids say about the coach, it, it you know hopefully it warms your heart that you're you're rooting for a program that these kids love to play for. Um, but I hear and see all these kids that talk great things about Jim Harbaugh and. Um, third string quarterbacks on Twitter are tweeting that, you know, what they would do for Jim Harbaugh. It, it, it hurts me to say that he, he would have to leave, but at the same token, it's like, if you can't beat Ohio state, that that's, you, you have to, you just, you have to find a way to do it. But I also don't believe that making Ohio state is the standard of the big 10, but they're not the big 10. If that makes any sense whatsoever, they're just far and away superior. It's it's kind of like asking the Jacksonville Jaguars to be to the level of, say, the Patriots or the Chiefs or the Steelers or one of those teams that has had a ton of success or just recent success. You have to get there tomorrow. Like, it's just – and I, I know what you're going to say, well, Jeff, tomorrow has been six years. I get it. Um, but sometimes it just takes longer than that for whatever reason. Uh, there's a lot of factors, and I, I feel like I've gone long here, so I'm going to turn it over to Yao, but – um, truthfully, would I, would I be okay with him being fired? Yes. Would I call for him to be fired? No. All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take the rock here. So with, with those stat lines, the ones that really, uh, only resonate with me is, is the, is the, um, you know, pretty much the rival stuff and, and the bowl games. Um, with Jim Harbaugh, I thought, you know, Jeff and I had a – I forget what, what game we were watching or something like that, but we, we, he was over at my house one time, and we had, a, like, this pretty hard-to-hard talk about, you know, Jim himself, and, you know, Jeff was defending him, and I was uh, I was against him. Uh, I thought after the 2018 season, I thought Jim Harbaugh needed to go. Um, and, you know – to some that might seem unfair, to some that might not. You know, we're in a college football landscape now where it is it's win now. You know, uh, a lot of coaches now, not not there's not a lot of them. I guess there's not a lot of coach, uh, but the elite ones are the ones can turn things in a hurry. And Jim Harbaugh was a hot commodity when he came to U of M. You know, he he was he made the most sense to come home, and. Overall, when you look at Jim Harbaugh, you know, Jeff and I have talked about this before. You know, with Jim Harbaugh, anytime there is a coaching 
uh, spot that's opening up or on hot hot terms or hot, or hot water in the NFL is one of the first names to come about. Didn't happen last year with COVID, but after 2018 and after 2019, you know, the, oh, Andrew Luck's going to come out of retirement. He's going to go to Indy. Jim Harbaugh's going to go there, okay? It's like, so all he's got all these detractors, and it's kind of funny that his name is the first to be brought up when it comes to a possible coaching gig elsewhere outside of Ann Arbor. Now, in terms of the Big Ten, he's kind of traded blows with Penn State and Wisconsin a couple times. He can't get his footing on the Michigan State game. I think with – He, ha- he has – Dan, Dan, he has traded blows with them, too. He doesn't get enough credit. He's beat them on the road twice. True. Now, But he hasn't uh, – they're still playing tug of war. With Michigan State, though, Michigan has got to string like two or three or – like like they've done two. They need to string like three, maybe four in a row to really – maybe not get comfortable, but to feel like now you've gotten the momentum here. Because with Mel Tucker now, he's got that, that huge contract coming. You thought – D'Antonio was kind of w- wasting away this program, and now it's got kind of rejuvenated. Now, it's, obviously, the season's not over yet, and we'll see where Mel Tucker lands. But I think Michigan as a whole, culture, culturally, they need to start – they need to stop with this little brother nonsense. I don't care if you still call them a little brother, but to to just on a, on a daily basis just disrespect this program. And, not, and, it, and I'm not saying they don't take him seriously, but they don't take him seriously enough. And I think that's been kind of their problem, and that's what – the, the never-ending fuel to fire of Michigan State is never going to stop unless you start just shutting the hell up and doing it on the field. Uh, now, going to the Ohio State, Michigan brought in Jim Harbaugh in 2015. Michigan is coming off a an egregious 2013 and 2014 season. They almost beat Ohio State in 2013 somehow. But in 2014, that program was – damn near as bad as it was when Brady Hoke first took over. So while Ohio State in 2012 go undefeated, they can't play in the postseason, basically probably would have won the national title with that team. The 2013 team, not too shabby. 2014 team, I think that's the year you guys won the Natty, right? So Jim Harbaugh's taking over a pretty shitty job, and Ohio State is chasing the moon. So you got Michigan going south, you got Ohio State going north. And as much as I wanted Jim gone at, at, at 2018, as of right now to this day, he's probably the best for the job. And he's just – he's had some bad luck in games. He, there's no excuses for refs and all that, whatever. He's been so close. The one frustrating thing, though, has just been the quarterback play. Obviously, we've been playing quarterback roulette since he's been here, transferring in guys in. How John O'Corn threw 4,000 yards in Houston is – a computer glitch because that dude looked like he could barely, you know, hit water for fell off a boat. And he came close to being Ohio state. I think at the end of the first quarter or the second quarter, going into halftime, whatever, you know, Michigan is either leading or they're damn near got control of the ball game. Now we go into this game. I'll finish up by saying this. If, if Michigan loses ugly, I'm with Jeff, man. I, I'm going to lose patience. I've already lost patience with Jim Harbaugh. What I've, over the last few years have been able to do is just not uh, buy into and put all my chips in the pocket or in, in, in the pot rather. Uh, if Michigan loses this game, it's going to be not a 
unsuccessful season per se, only because where my expectations were personally, I thought we were you know eight four nine three, we're ten and one. Uh, but it's still gonna burn. It's still gonna hurt. If we go into the off season and we lose to our two games to our biggest rivals and we lose uh, our bowl game, I think this is gonna be. I think the last time Michigan has not been on a two or more game losing streak at the end of the year, like since freaking 2011 or something like that, or maybe 2015 because they beat Florida. But I don't know. I've I've gone on my time here, but there's just so much to dive into. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to have to resign enough to leave, and I just don't think personally there's a a coach out there right now uh, that would take this job that's going to be at a high level. Uh, It's hard right now because, again, Ohio State is – is at is at the mountain peak right now, and if you get a coaching change in here, I mean, is it really for the best? Yeah, I'll say one more thing before we stop on that Jim Harbaugh train. I am an absolute sucker, like a sucker, for a coach that wants to coach your team. Like I. I was like the last person to say fire Brady Hoke because nobody wanted to coach Michigan more than that guy. It's like, but is that enough? You know what I mean? Like just because you have somebody that wants to do it doesn't mean they're the best guy for the job. And I, and I totally get that. You know, um, I quickly fall in love with coaches of Michigan because I do feel like that's just, um, I feel it's a, it's a prideful program you know, and I've fallen in love with the last two basketball coaches and I've, I've, you know, Rich Rod, I was never super attached to Brady Hoke. I got kind of attached to in the sense of, I thought he, he really wanted to coach Michigan in Harbaugh. I get that vibe and Yao actually hit on it. He, that dude's never gotten a fair shake after his first year signing there every year up until last year with the COVID year, he was being, tied into NFL coaching jobs, which is absolute horseshit. And it, it affects recruiting. And he actually talked about that once. He's like, people do this so that it negatively affects our recruiting. And it's a real thing. Um, and I think Yao n- nailed the other one on the head. Harbaugh came in when you guys were literally chasing national championships. So I don't know. It's uh, I hope that answers your question, Andrew. I mean, obviously Jim Harbaugh is uh, – He's a polarizing figure, and I think a lot of people, based off the hype, expected him to come in and win. But I think a lot of people's gripe is that he was overpaid. Well, now he's not overpaid, and he's still winning 10 games, which I think is is, is saying something, especially because no coach regularly won 10 games at Michigan. Or, I'm sorry, no coach regularly won 11 games at Michigan. It was always about 10. So he's doing what any other coach has always done. So. Oh, and, and real quick too, before before I, you know, the ball goes back into someone else's court, uh, we've talked about this too before, Jeff. With and very briefly though, with these bowl games now, and how a lot of these star athletes, oh you know, yes. projected to go high in the NFL draft, that are now opting to sit out yes. so they don't get hurt. Obviously, we've seen that with Jake Butt at Michigan tearing his ACL twice, and you know, Jabril Peppers. That one, I think, is kind of bull crap. I think he was healthy enough to play, especially against uh, uh, Florida the the first time. He he didn't want to, he didn't want to play and he didn't want to say anything. Okay, exactly. So I'm right now. I'm at a point now where if Michigan, if the, you know, or if any if any program loses a bowl game, that's a New Year's Six bowl or maybe just you know a, a Gator bowl or something like that. I'm like, can you really fault the coach 
um, for losing yeah. a close game or a game like that when you're going to be out possibly one to two stars. And especially if like one, we'll, we'll, this will be a big conversation if it's a team that loses a quarterback that sits out. Um, yeah. yeah. Because if you're not going to be playing in the, in the college football playoffs, uh, is the risk worth the reward? Yeah, that's actually – I'm glad you brought that up because that's and that's huge. And obviously Ohio State probably hasn't had to deal with that because you guys are typically playing for playoff games. But truthfully, there's only four games that matter. And I've said this so many times. Actually, three games, sorry. So you have playoff game one, which is whatever game it ends up being. So you have the one versus four. You have playoff game two, which is two versus three. And then the Rose Bowl. That's the one game that it seems like people aren't sitting out because it is the granddaddy of them all. Outside of that – I'm sorry, but good luck getting a random, uh, even a a second-day draft pick to play in the Citrus Bowl. Not going to happen. Nobody is risking their their first, second, third-round pick um, to to secure the bag on even the Sugar Bowl. It just doesn't mean anything. Unless it's a playoff game or the Rose Bowl, people are sitting out. It's it's continuously happening. It's happened at Michigan. Gosh, literally, Jim or Jabral Peppers, we just talked about it. He literally told Harbaugh at kickoff, I'm not going to play. It's like, dude, how do, how do you even know? And then Karan Higdon, a couple of years back, the our star running back, sat out. There was a couple other players that sat out literally last minute. And it's like, okay. And then I think we lost to Florida State that year. So, um. We'll get back to the game, but hopefully that's um, hopefully that really t- that really answers the call as far as the, the coaching question, Andrew. Yeah, real quick, I just, I just want to say you guys are more patient than me. Um, you know, with such a big rivalry that you know Ohio State and Michigan is, um, you know, if I was in that shoes, you know, my patience would be worn thin looking at how even the history's been with the head-to-head, the titles, the trophies, you know, everything. So I guess. Hats off to you guys for being patient. I mean, it's it's been like this for a long time, and it's I think part of it is, and I see it in the chat, so it's not just me. And I, I know I know Yao kind of has this this thought process too, and I, I'm seeing it all over this chat. If not Harbaugh, who? Yeah, I, I mean, exactly. Like uh, it, in terms of like Michigan alums, because I mean. Dude, if, if if we get past Jim, we go to somewhere. If we go down a different route, are we gonna? Is is the boosters? Are we gonna feel pressure to get another Michigan man? Or are we gonna have to think outside the box, like we did with Rich Rod, and uh, look elsewhere to the, the next up and comer? Because you know, you know, uh, we go to Rich Rod. We're that's like another half an hour discussion. Because obviously, you know, long story short, we know that guy didn't get a fair shake. At least you know the Michigan, the close Michigan fans know that. Um, yeah. However. It, it's just frustrating. Like I said, I, I wanted Jim Gunner after 2018. I, I thought I'd seen enough. Um, but in retro, you know, in hindsight now, it's like, man, who, I mean, at that time, I mean, who the hell would even would want to come here? Unless Miles has, has run out of steam, I wouldn't want him. And so you'd have to look for someone that doesn't have any Michigan ties. And I remember at one point they were, you know, the ESPN you know, media were trying to like, oh, Luke Fickle, are we going to do another, you know, parallel to Bo Schembeck or coming from Miami of Ohio? It's like, good God. <laughs> but I will I will say this, and I mean, I'm glad you answered that, that you asked the question, Andrew, because I think some people here, especially the Ohio State fans, probably want to hear that. But I, I'm over this negativity. I'm over it because I think that we have a chance to win Saturday. So let's get back to this. Um Game predictions. Andrew, I'll let you start. Ohio State, 
Um, prediction for the game. Um, I, I've honestly been going back and forth on this. You know, like I said, I get kind of anxious about these games. Um, but I'm going to roll with confidence here. I think Michigan scores a late touchdown to make it a little closer, but I still think it's a pretty big win. I'm going to go 52-24 Ohio State. 52-24. Okay. Do you think that's – I want you to go a little deeper. You think it's passing attack? You think it's rushing attack? You think it's a little everything? You think it's Michigan turning the ball over? What are, what are uh, Go a little deeper in this prediction here. I don't, I don't love your offense, and I don't love our defense. So I kind of take that matchup as a wash. I think that'll just kind of be it is what it is. It'll just be back and forth. Um, looking at your defense specifically, um, again, I can really go only go off stats. I haven't watched too much of you guys this year. Um, you know, you have those two outside edge rushers, um, Hutchinson. I'm not even going to attempt to butcher the other guy's name. Um, yeah, good job, Um They they account for like. 70% of your guys' sacks. Um, you know, uh, the Buckeyes have a veteran offensive line. I trust our tackles. Um, I also don't think Harbaugh is going to dial up the pressure. You know, Yao and I both said that's what they're going to have to do to beat this team, and I just have this weird feeling that Jim's going to try to play it too tight to the chest, you know, extra DBs tr- attempting to cover these receivers, and I think that's just going to turn into – you know, what JK did a couple years ago, running for over 200. You know, we got Henderson and Mayan Williams. And if they get tired, we bring in, bring in Teague. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of rushing. And then by the time you try to stop that, our, you know, c- clearly seen passing a tackle open up. And I think it becomes a four touchdown game at the end. Dan, what do you got? All right, I'll try not to take up too no, much. No, you're good. Uh, we got some time. Have, you're good. I kind I kind of went I kind of went through uh, the the uh, the offensive defense in terms of ranks and stuff like that. And I I like to give two predictions out being for both scenarios. I think if Ohio State wins, I'm 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 I kind of envision 40-29. and I think if Michigan wins, it's thirty eight thirty five. I. I, I'm pretty confident in Michigan's defense. Again, I, I, I'm, I'm really thinking that it's going to come down to uh, what the defense allows Ohio State to do in the red zone. Um, Michigan's scoring defense is seventh in the country. Their rush is 31st. Their pass is eighth. And their total defense is fifth. And then Ohio State has the number one scoring rush. They have the 31st in terms of rush offense. Pass offense is sixth. Total offense is first. So, um on the defense side of the ball, Michigan has got to – the one thing that's been – that was kind of a bugaboo against Michigan State, you know, why Kenneth Walker was just able to run wild was, you know, McDonald getting too crazy and getting too aggressive with the, the substitutions. And, you know, a lot of the times when, when Walker's ripping off those five touchdowns, it's because Michigan's got two fat guys running off the field and there's nobody set on defense. And um, so I think that's going to be a huge thing. if they got to be prepared and – Hopefully, I mean, I'm not sure. I haven't really watched Ohio State's tempo. Uh, if they run, hurry up, or if they're they're more uh, they're more just monotone. But if, if Ohio State's going to run you know, hurry up offense, if they're not going to waste time, if they're going to hike the ball with 10 seconds left on the clock, Michigan's going to have to be uh, on their uh, p's and q's. And then on Ohio State's 
uh, offense, uh, or excuse me, on Ohio State's defense, their pass defense is 99th in the country. Their rush defense is 11th. Their scoring defense is 16th. And their total defense is 44th. Um, Michigan's pass offense uh, is, is averaging 225, uh, and Ohio State's defense is allowing 251. Um, Michigan's O on scoring is 15th, rush offense 15th, total O 24th, and then the yards were placed 38th. Um, so again, just I know I kind of ran through those quickly, but like back to my points of the game, man. Uh, it's 38 35 if Michigan can run the ball and uh, do everything I, uh, I, I predicted elsewhere. And then um, if Ohio State is going to put up their uh, their offense, I think it's 40 29. They probably get more than 40 points, but. Uh, I think you got to give a little credit to uh, the home field there. Yeah, um, I'm glad you gave two predictions because I'm going to give two predictions too. And I, I don't want this to sound like I'm not confident because I, this is honestly, and I say this a lot, but I actually mean this. This is the most optimistic that I've felt in a long time for a lot of the reasons I've already given you throughout the, throughout the podcast. Um, my 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 greater judgment and my um the wall that i'm putting up i think that's a, that's a good term that i'm going to use the wall that i'm putting up for myself um i have ohio state 4124 um just because like when i start to break it down i feel like we'll be successful against the pass. They'll realize that and they'll run it. And I don't think that we'll have the same success and they'll do enough to mix things up. And maybe they force one turnover and the, you know, it's, it's enough to get rolling and we can't come back. Um, 41, 24, but then there's the positive in me that is feasting on everybody. That's not giving Michigan a chance. I've said it so many times this week and you know, I, I I'm half the time I'm trying to get a rise out of people and troll, but half the time I'm being serious. Nobody thinks Michigan has a chance. So what happens when they win? What happens when they go into Ann Arbor at home and they punch Ohio state in the mouth? What happens when all of a sudden CJ Stroud isn't as comfortable as he's been over the last 10 weeks? What happens when there's a strip sack from David Ojabo who has six of them on the year? What happens when the ball starts to go the other way and Michigan controls the clock and all of a sudden it's been seven minutes since Ohio State's been on the field and they're down by seven? What happens when this game gets in the fourth quarter and it's a little messy? What happens? I think ultimately I think Michigan can pull out a crazy, crazy upset. And it's crazy that we're even sitting here saying that a number five team has no chance to beat the second team in the country. It's, it's, it's baffling to me. Um, and shockingly, Vegas agrees with me because it only opened at seven and a half. I thought this was going to open at 20 plus. It opened at seven and a half. I think it's been bet up to eight. With everything that I've told you throughout this last hour of this pod, I think Michigan can win this game. I think they're very capable of winning this game, but in order to win it, it has to be ugly. And I think it has to be 31-30. I think it's a it's a last second go for two. It's a last second field goal by by the the goat Jake Moody. Um, I, I just think that that's it's it's so in play, and and Michigan can win this game if they can if they can keep Ohio State under forty. I think it's it's so in play, 
and they just have to get they have to get a turnover. They have to get CJ Stroud off his off his uh, off his comfortable soapbox, and and he can't be diamond up receivers. And I think that you know Garrett Wilson Olave will be an issue, and the Jigbo probably will be too. But um, there it is. I gave you two different scores. I, well, I feel really good about the second one I just gave you. But if nothing of my predictions happens and Michigan's terrible, 41-24 Ohio State rolls. Real quick, I'll, I want to – since you guys gave two predictions, I guess I'll give my pessimistic prediction in the, in my opinion, unlikely event that Michigan wins. Um, I agree it's ugly. It's, you know, defense heavy. Um, I'll go 35-31. Stroud throws a pick. Michigan takes a knee. Well, Andrew, I, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you uh, being humble on that one. <laughs> it had to have hurt. Um, but you know, too, and you know, Jeff, you know, Jeff, you know, we've been pushing the, uh, you know, this team's different, you know, type of narrative all season, and they've shown it. Like uh, you know, Jeff alluded to earlier about getting the road wins. You know, obviously. You know, Jim Harbaugh's had been on the struggle bus getting road victories. And, again, no one thought that we would be going into Happy Valley, Camp Randall, Lincoln, all coming away with Ws. There's going to be no way. And if they would have gotten Michigan State one, you know, who knows what would have happened. But, uh, you know, the 2018 game, too, you know, um, kind of opened up with, you know, past games. 2018 game, uh, if we're going to think that this Michigan team is different, it can't – 2018 can't happen again. It's 2018 – uh, you know, Michigan was on the revenge tour, and they were killing Wisconsin, Penn State, anyone in their way. Michigan State, anyone in their way, were just uh, were taking their pants off. Okay, and Ohio State uh, loses against Rondell Moore and the Boilermakers, and then uh, dodges a bullet against Maryland in College Park, I believe. And so the odds makers, I think, had that one in Michigan's favor. I could be wrong, but Michigan going to Columbus, thinking that maybe they could weather the storm and uh, take over uh, late in the fourth and, and ice it away. And Ohio State, uh, that crowd, I I mean, this is just my personal opinion. The 2018 game in Columbus, I felt like that that, that uh, Ohio Stadium crowd was some of – that was probably the loudest I ever heard it through my TV. And they were not letting that foot off the gas pedal, man. They were doing everything possible to put the, the Michigan hopes and dreams into the gutter and – if this Michigan team is different this year, uh, they're mentally prepared to not uh, fall into the footholds of, or you know, the you know the, the mental you know, blocks that you know or you know, get over over your head yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, guys, uh, first off, I appreciate you guys coming on, uh, listeners. I don't I don't have a ton of questions to answer here. I think we just kind of talked as we went. We got a lot of predictions. I'll read them quick. Okay. Uh, we got 69 to three Michigan from Christian. We got, we got <laughs> Buckeyes 49, 21 from Jeff. We got 31, 28 Michigan from Tom. We got uh, 34, 31 Michigan from Anthony 33, 32 Michigan from Jamie 31, 27 Michigan from, from Brad, uh, Brad, thanks for representing in, in the chat today, by the way, Kyle 48, 10 Ohio state, um, Corey Wilson, 35, 24 Michigan. Um, 45, 42, Michigan, Shane, holy shit, Shane, <laughs> Shane, I dig it, bro, I dig it, 
Um, he, he downloaded the app and got on tonight just for this. I'm very proud of him. Dude, Shane, thank you for joining, man. Um, we love giving you shit. We talk about you on the pod all the time, actually. Um, <laughs> just don't just don't say his name. <laughs> yeah. You guys, everybody that, that joined here on a, on a late Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, um, no pun intended. I'm so thankful for all of you guys to to be joining the chat here. Um, I hope you guys are digging what we're doing. Uh, I went around and found, you know, an Ohio State fan to get on here to remove the bias so the Ohio State fans could enjoy this too. Why me and my me and Dan get on our soapbox and talk about how the Wolverines are going to pull off the upset. So, um, thank you guys again. Please join us Sunday for our NFL live show again. Uh, week twelve coming up. Holy shit! NFL week twelve coming up. Um, I hope you guys have a great time with your families. Um, hope everybody's doing well. Safe travels this holiday. And if you're an Ohio State fan, I hope you lose on Saturday. If you're a Michigan fan, soak this in. If we win, so seriously. The one thing I will say, if we win this game, soak it in because you don't know when it's coming again. I, I just said this the other day, 2011 seems like an eternity ago. None of my kids have seen Ohio State lose to Michigan. None of them. And it needs it needs to happen. A 16 seed beat a one seed in the NCAA tournament, then Michigan can beat Ohio State, damn it. So, um, Yao, thank you for joining. Andrew, thank you for joining. We'll see you guys next time. This is another episode of Real Talk. We're out. Go Bucks, OH.